What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The only thing spreading faster than the coronavirus are the playoff intensity vibes that LeBron James and Anthony Davis are spreading all throughout the team and Lakers nation because, believe it or not, Tommy, we are almost officially back in the playoffs, pretty much officially back in the playoffs. All it takes is a San Antonio loss, a Sacramento loss, a New Orleans Pelicans loss, and two Lakers wins, or actually one Lakers win, if any of those things happen, and we are officially back. So yeet yeet, it's lit. Tommy, how does it feel to almost pretty much officially be back in the playoffs? Um, It feels fantastic. This is weird. We've been doing this for so many years. And, and we've I, never been we've never playoffs. been a playoff team, so it's going to be weird to actually like talk about games that matter or like are really important. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, so yeah, but it, it's awesome and the excitement's definitely here and the anxiety is returning too, because I think we have a pretty good team, but I don't think it's like so obvious that we have the best team. So we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah, it's obvious. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll get into that in this show. Cause we'll obviously talk about the, uh, the final roster spot now vacated by Troy Daniels, who we will be facing off against pretty soon again, because he just got scooped up by the Denver Nuggets. So, uh, that's so cheap, dude. Those nuggets are trying to steal some some uh, insider info. Very true, very true. Um, but before we get into all that, Tommy, let's quickly talk about how fun and dominant Anthony the Brow Davis was the other night versus the Sixers, where he looked like a 6'10 Kyrie Irving out there, dribbling behind his back, going into spin moves, and then Scoopty doing it up for these nifty lay-ins and floaters and just hitting threes. Did you know that in that in the year 2020, Anthony Davis is shooting 43% from three-point land? It's insane. That's so, insane. What did you think about Anthony Davis? And then I guess we can transition to, as well, to LeBron James, because as I mentioned in my beautiful intro, these two seem to have dialed it up a bit, and we will need them to continue doing so because uh, the next you know seven-game stretch here will really be a playoff tune-up for the Lakers if we've ever seen one. So quickly, your thoughts on how Anthony Davis looked last night, and then if you want to transition, just talk about how dominant LeBron James has been as well in the last you know one or two weeks, even though both of them have sat at least one game. You know, LeBron James pulling up for those 50 footers. But yeah, Anthony Davis first. <laughs> um, so I guess, yeah, I mean, I've been very, very impressed. It's interesting because with a guy like LeBron, you have that, you have history to look back on and be like, okay, we pretty much know what this guy is going to give us during the playoffs. Like LeBron every once in a while will have like a, 
I don't want to say bad because that's like maybe misleading, but not up to his standards type game during the regular season. But in the playoffs, those games like are few and far between. I mean, he really ramps it up. And then like his, his good games are really epic. Right. But with Anthony Davis, we have less of that history Mm -hmm. to kind of fall back on. So personally, I was getting a little concerned of like, does he have that, next gear and i guess i just underestimated him because he clearly does have that next gear i mean i think he's shown it in very limited bursts um and i hope that's intentional to be clear like i hope he knows what he's doing and he knows that when like when he can get to that point and i mean if you remember what he did in that portland series a couple years ago i think it's pretty clear that he does know how to turn it up um Mm -hmm. but seeing him turn it up in random you know circumstances like the the philly game just so insane because he's a top five scorer in the NBA top five defensive player overall at any position in the NBA. Um, and he is not even like going 110% yeah. most nights. Like that's the crazy thing, right? Like you have guys like Russell Westbrook who I'm not saying like, this is a bad thing, but I mean, Kobe was like this, right. But it's like guys who are, you know, know how they're going to play every single night. Cause they play that way every single night. And they don't have the next gear because they're constantly playing in the next gear. Uh, there are guys like that, but you know, Anthony Davis is just, you just kind of assume that like, Oh, he is playing like that because otherwise how would he be this good? But apparently he can be much better. I mean, you know, beyond hitting threes, which is just fantastic. And is going to, I mean, that, that is going to be huge Just forget 42%. But if he's able to hit like mid thirties um, mm-hmm. from three in the playoffs, that would be phenomenal. Um, but if he's able to play with like this toughness and intensity, it's just going to set the tone for the rest of the team. I mean, you saw it at the end of the second quarter of that Philly game and beginning of the third, but mostly the end of the second. His defensive intensity, yeah. his physicality, his like he his whole demeanor changed that entire game. It's all of a sudden led started uh, everybody else playing super physical. Then you had Avery Bradley ripping the ball away from dudes. You had like LeBron James just like destroy. I don't know who he just completely packed at the end of the second quarter, but he like destroyed that dude's life. You know, it it just like you, it ups everybody's intensity so much. And it's like, it's crazy because LeBron has been criticized for this, his, for most of his career, but LeBron is enhanced when he plays with better players. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I don't think that is a thing he should be criticized for. I mean, it's amazing that he is one of the greatest players of all time, if not the greatest, you know, some might, some might say when his career is over, he is still like, so he's so much better when he has like elite teammates um, because he doesn't necessarily have the skill set or want to be the guy who's going to take 30 shots and like shoot you into a win, you know, and, and do that kind of stuff. But he will be there to make all the right plays, like make the superstar highlight plays score, but like as a second, more of a secondary option. So I guess what I'm getting at is it's going to be very, very important for our postseason success. If AD is a true, like one, a one B type scoring option, as opposed to just like the second option, you know, mm-hmm. and I know maybe that's a little silly to say because he's leading the team in scoring currently, but I mean, you know what I mean? Like it, it's yeah. one thing to lead the team in scoring and another thing to be like, we can just throw this guy the ball and it's pretty much, he's going to get us a bucket. Like we're pretty certain, you know? So, um, 
I, yeah, I let me really jump in real quick. About, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, because Anthony Davis, I mean, you saw it. Uh, granted, you know, in the Philly game, no Joel Embiid, no Ben Simmons. We know that. But Al, Al Horford isn't a slouch. Tobias Harris was still there as a wing. And I think you just saw Anthony Davis kind of turn up the physicality, wherein he still has been putting up numbers, you know, this entire year. And let's be clear, Anthony Davis at this point, we should know this, is not a post-up player in the likes of... Shaq or Kevin Garnett or maybe even Pau Gasol, right? Pau Gasol was a little more skilled, but what he is is a, a tremendous face-up player who has ridiculous handles and nifty spin moves and like he's got those crazy up and under layups that shouldn't be possible for a guy his length, you know, that we've seen. And I think just the Sixers game, you just saw him be more aggressive in totality, right? And that's kind of what you want to see. And mo- most of the time we've seen that aggressiveness on the defensive end the entire year, but we-, we started to see it on the offensive end as well, where he was just taking it hard to the rack, you know, not afraid of contact, was able to bully ball a little bit more. So I think that's what was most encouraging about Anthony Davis's performance against Philly. And like I mentioned, you know, this upcoming stretch, you're going to be going to the Milwaukee game. We're going to need that. <laughs> Come Friday, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see if he's able to translate that to Milwaukee against the Clippers. Uh, we got Denver coming up, back-to-back Utah games. So it's a, hor- I think, it's a very difficult seven-game stretch. Yeah, very, very difficult seven-game stretch. And, I, and I've surmised up until this point that I feel like Anthony Davis knows his body well. And this is one of the, not one of the few, few seasons where he's been healthy for the most part this entire year, but... I feel like he's been in-game load managing as well, and sometimes, yes, he, he settles for too many jump shots, but I have to think that he's just going to turn up the physicality and bang a little bit more down low once the playoff starts, and if last night's game is any indication, then then hopefully we're going to get a more physical, physically dominant and more aggressive Anthony Davis. So anything else to say on AD or LeBron? Uh, the only thing about LeBron is I think we all have to keep in mind, and I hope I'm proven wrong about this, right? But playoff LeBron is a thing, but he's not going to be playoff LeBron when we last saw him like two years ago. You know, I, I think LeBron James now is a very different player. I'm not saying he's worse. I think there's a lot of things, in fact, that he does better now. I mean, uh, you know, he's obviously he's leading the league in assist while still putting up like big numbers scoring his three-point shooting has been phenomenal this year i feel like since post all-star break maybe this is just uh you know by visual perception or whatever but i feel like he's been shooting free throws a little bit better maybe i'm just making that up but yeah but he's also not been going to the line so that's a whole nother issue but <laughs> it's another issue for like i you know that is another thing that's going to keep us from winning in the playoffs this year but and that's nothing against lebron because he is attacking the rim but mm-hmm. i mean some of the calls anyway I just don't know that we can expect like LeBron's turning it up a notch to suddenly be like it's LeBron from six years ago who's just like going to take you off the take your big man off the dribble and go to the rim and just dunk over him. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Or, you know, so we that that is another reason why we really, really need to have Anthony Davis just like up his game a lot. And then um, hopefully maybe pick somebody else up who can take some of the uh, creation burden off of LeBron right and I I think if anything LeBron James may mentally still be that same person but he might be forcing the issue come playoff time and his body just won't have it so that's where Anthony Davis has to close the gap and I think he will um okay before we get any further with this show I just wanted to remind you guys that I am your host Jonathan Hernandez and that is my co-host Tommy Alexander um but also 
Please follow us on Twitter, at LakersLegacyPod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes, because the more you rate and review us, that's how many more times Kyle Kuzma will attempt to dye his hair even blacker to try and regain rookie mode Kuzmania before the start of the playoffs, because Lord knows we need zero dark 30 Kuz, whatever that means. Um, Tommy, we actually got our first rating or our first review for 2020, so I will read it. It is from Jay, the one and only. His title reads, fun guy here, love listening, dot, 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 and then it got cut off. Uh, Five stars. Great podcast. That intro song helps me wake up in the morning better than a cup of coffee. The jokes, air quotes, are hilarious. Whether they are bad intentionally or not, still hilarious. JK guys, great job. They are bad unintentionally, unfortunately. So there you go. Uh, Thank you, Jay, the one and only. Um, Man, it took three months to get our first review. Come on, guys. You guys are slacking. Let's turn it up, playoff intensity mode for the iTunes rating and reviews as well. Um, Also, if you'd like to help us out in any small way financially, you can go to patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. Donate a dollar because I started doing quick post-game recaps of my own where I do a solo pod right after a game and just give... Three quick key points that I witnessed from the game. I'm calling it three, what did I call it? Three seconds? Or three in the key. Sorry, I'm calling it yeah, three in like, the key. Three seconds. Wait, wait, three seconds. No, they're called three in the key because I give you three, you know, highlights from the game that I uh, observed. Three key, ta- uh, three key takeaways from the game. No, it's called three in the key because, you know, three in the key because of whatever. Anyways, yes, yeah, I know, go to pay. also giving three keys. Uh, never mind. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, exactly. That's the point. But yes, donate a dollar and you can listen to those uh, post-game recaps by yours truly. Uh, Lastly, we are brought to you by lineups.com. Okay, before we take it to break, Tommy, I just wanted your quick thoughts on what Markeith Morris has shown you in his limited amount of time with the Lakers. I think it's only been about a week. Um, I thought he's been very solid. Um, His three-point stroke looks pretty wet when he has shot it. Last night's game was probably his worst game as a Laker, but I mean... Nothing to really hold against him. Uh, one thing that has surprised me is uh, he's a pretty good team ball passer. Like, he passes the ball pretty well and play makes within the, the flow of a team's offense. So he kind of fits that pace and space motion offense type uh, deal. So that's been a, a pleasant surprise to see. And obviously, you know, uh, he, he brings that toughness, grit mentality, especially when it comes to boxing out from the free throw line, using uh, his big booty, his uh, thick booty that's thick with two Cs. Uh, but yeah, what have you seen from Markeith Morris so far? I've been very impressed. I, I mean, like we got this guy for free, basically, right? So it, it, that makes it that much sweeter. But he's shown that he can hit an open shot. I think he's not shooting as well as he shot with the Pistons, but obviously it's a very small sample size. And some of the shots that he's taken have been like very contested. And I I feel like when he's open, you feel pretty good about it, which is more than what you can say about a lot of guys on our team. Um, Maybe, maybe not a lot, but a few, Uh, he brings a level of physicality that I really appreciate. I don't remember if I talked to you about this separately or we talked about it on this pod, but I was at some point, you know, brought up like, would it even be worth signing? I don't know if Kenneth Fareed was the example, but, you know, somebody of that nature who can bring some sort of grit and toughness to because you need that in the playoffs. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I think the phrase enforcer is overused because it's like we don't need a guy who's just going to go out there and like beat people up for no reason. But 
it would be nice to have a guy or maybe even two guys who can sort of set the tone physically because I think the Lakers do have a bit of a reputation, this current Lakers team, of being a little soft. Mm -hmm. Um, We've seen it at times, right? I mean, like, you know, I'm not even going to get into, like, how they get down and then, you know, all of a sudden turn it on and win games because they've been doing that all year. And I think that's more of a mental thing than anything else. They out-talent teams uh, most nights. But there are certain, like, you know, and I'm not going to say we're bad against all the good teams. You know, everybody's got a new metric every day about, like, this subset of teams. Look at the Lakers record. You know what I mean? But, like, mm-hmm. I-, I do think there is a trend, a minor trend that I've seen with some of the teams that play really physical defensively. They think they can get away with it, and they're not going to face the same. Like, we're really good and solid defensively, but not maybe physical when you watch Mm Marky Morris out there, like on free throws, boxing out. I mean, my God, he just like, like he like targets a guy and just throws his whole body weight (laughs) into him. And I'm like, okay, look, that makes these guys think about it. You know what I mean? He's Mm -hmm. had some really, really hard fouls in the paint. He stood up already. I like his second or third game with the team. He like stood up to defend Dwight you right. know, when nobody else really reacted. And frankly, I don't think Marquise's reaction was warranted, but it's it, it just like a nice thing to see. You know what I mean? And yeah, um, so I've been really, really pleased with all that. I think the ball movement and like ability to dribble the ball a little bit, like you said, is, was a really good observation. I think nobody talks about that with his game like he's viewed as more of a four i think whereas like Mm -hmm. his brother is for sure viewed as more of like a scoring type wing um but i think markeith has that i frankly i trust him with the ball in his hands more than kyle kuzma i know that it's different and kuzma's asked to do different things but i it's nice to have another solid vet presence who can reliably hit a three who's tough you pretty much know what you're going to get out of him he's like a known guy around the league and um, I've been I've been very impressed and, and I'm very happy and I hope we actually work them in a little bit more um, yeah. into the rotation. I think if anything, uh, he will. I know a lot of people have been saying like adding Markeith Morris helps uh, put him at the four spot and then also allows Kuzma to shift down to the three spot. I'm actually more intrigued about just Markeith taking away some minutes from JaVale McGee when JaVale is being loopy. You know, because I think that's a thing that's starting to rear its ugly head, even though JaVale has had some really nice games, including that six-block game against the New Orleans Pelicans. But you know what I'm talking about. So if Markeith just gives that that added, you know, padding and in, and buffer and insurance for whether Cal Kuzma's being stupid or JaVale McGee's being stupid, you know? No, and, um, yeah. and I think what I'm about to say has not been fully realized, and I think it will be realized in the coming weeks uh, as we move towards the end of the season. But, like, a big part of what we are going to do in the playoffs is play small ball with AD at the five. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just have to do it to match up in certain cases. Like we've been avoiding it and forcing other teams to match up with us during the season. I think you can get away with that during the season, but once you get into like the nitty gritty, like, here we go, it's time to win these, like, you know, yeah. extra over managing everything. I think like you're going to need to use more AD at the five and I have a lot, a lot, a lot more confidence in Markeith playing the four in those scenarios than Kuz playing the four. Now, sure. And again, nothing against Kuz, it's just their body makeups. Like Markeith is a grown man who's very, very strong. And I just have so much more faith. So I think those lineups are going to start to look a lot better for us. And so we will be able to avoid, to your point, these situations where we sometimes have to go with like, 
JaVale just because he's another big man and Kuz isn't mm-hmm. cutting it defensively. Um, so that, that's another benefit that I don't think we've even seen yet. Yep, I agree. Uh, and also, last point is uh, I think on a permanent basis, he's doing better than the Clippers' acquisition of Marcus Morris, who in 29 minutes is shooting 41% and 28% from three and only averaging 10 points. So uh, yeah, there you go. Certainly so far. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, we got Marquis for free and just on the value play is tremendous. Yeah, that's true. Uh, with that said, we will pitch it to our sponsors, take a little break, and when we return, we'll close it out and talk about J.R. Smith, Dion Waiters, Alan Crabb, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All right, we are back. So the Lakers at this point have worked out both J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters. I think they are assessing and doing their personality assessments or whatever um, of both these guys and determining next who will fit this team and who can be relied upon in the playoffs, more importantly, I think, from a personality standpoint and a locker chemistry standpoint. Um, Alan Crabb also got waived, but personally for me, I I feel like we already have the better, way better Alan Crabb and KCP, so kind of seems redundant to me. I'm glad that the Lakers have waited up until this point to make their assessment, waiting for the March 1st uh, deadline, um, but also I think I mentioned this to you on a Facebook, but we've got this upcoming seven-game stretch, and if they choose to wait a little longer, I wouldn't be too mad because this next seven-game stretch against Milwaukee, the Clippers, Brooklyn, Houston, Denver, Utah, Utah, is going to be very telling to see like what actual glaring holes do we have left after we've already brought in Markeith Morris that we still need to address. And it could, I mean, the most obvious one would be primary scoring and creating, which Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith are, but I don't know, some other glaring flaw may rear its ugly head here during this playoff tune-up that we aren't attuned to yet, and it might benefit the Lakers to wait, you know, three more games just to see, okay, do we really need Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith, or do we need to, you know, pivot another direction? It's likely we're still going to go their way, but, uh, I wouldn't mind if they waited either, or I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, with that said, do you have a preference between J.R. Smith and, and Dion Waiters at this point, or do you have like a dark horse that we haven't even mentioned yet? Uh, which way are you, you leaning right now? Uh, so first point is I really like your point about it's it's a good thing that we waited and i actually you told me about your your whole thing about how like oh the next seven games it's like important it's like a it's essentially like a playoff dress rehearsal and mm-hmm. it's going to be very telling for what our needs against the elite teams actually are um and i like that point so much i stole it and told other people <laughs> to make myself sound smart nice fyi <laughs> but um, i like uh, it yeah but as of right now i'm leaning towards jr smith um mm. J.R. Smith has the proven, like, I've been there, done that with LeBron. I've shown that I can rain threes in crucial playoff series. I've shown that, frankly, I can turn games. I mean, everybody remembers him for, like, the LeBron, like, you know, meme where he's, like, pointing his hands to the sky and J.R. called the timeout. You know, he's J.R. is going to be infamous for that, um, probably until he retires. But... That was not defining for him. I mean, you can't point to that and not point to, like, all the success he had in their title run and how many huge threes he hit. And not just, like, like huge threes. Like, the Cavs were running an offense that was very predictable. I mean, they had LeBron doing his thing, and then they otherwise were trying to get, like, their shooters open. And you could... When the, when the playoffs come, like, it's not so easy to just run a guy off a screen and get him a wide-open shot, right? Like, in, the defensive intensity ramps up. 
the physicality ramps up. Um, and J.R. Smith has proven that he can just catch and fling and rain threes. And we don't really have another guy who does that. Like most of our guys, we have some good shooters, but most of them are spot up. Like I'm going to take my second here to gather myself and then shoot it. And, and mm-hmm. I just think J.R. brings that different skill set. Um, we waved Trey Daniels to create the spot. Trey Daniels was like a 6'3 guard. JR six 6'7", so he gives us a little more of that size. Uh, gives us a little more flexibility. Again, another vet who, if Kuz or somebody, KCP, Danny Green, whoever is not just, like, shown up that night, gives us another 6'7", like, body with length and experience and veteran presence to throw out there. And, I mean, J.R. Smith in his day was not a horrendous defender. You know, we're not talking about, mm-hmm. like, Isaiah Thomas or something out here. Like, this guy could hold his own. Um, so I, I like him for those reasons. The main reason, I, do, I don't think that Dion moves the needle. Uh, Dion Waiters moves the needle for this team. We have so many guards who are playing pretty well right now. Um, Avery Bradley is playing very well for us right now. I... Uh, Alex Caruso is playing incredibly well. KCP is playing pretty well. Danny Green is obviously always going to be there. And so when you think about it, like, we're already not giving minutes to a guy like Quinn Cook who who can hit threes at a high clip, and we're a team that needs a guy who can hit threes at a high clip. We're already not giving, you know, that, him minutes. Um, We're probably, we... It's not going to be the case that we played Rajon Rondo this entire season to try to make him fit, and then suddenly he's going to be cut out of our playoff rotation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I already think his minutes are going to be reduced. I guess what I'm saying is, like, when the minutes start to ramp up and you have, like, LeBron and AD averaging, like, 39 minutes a game, um, you know, people forget LeBron is averaging, like, a career low in minutes right now. It seems like he's playing a lot, but he's playing under 35 minutes a game, and, and that's a career low for him. Um so when his minutes ramp up, that just cuts down Rondo even more. And some of our other guards who are playing well, like Caruso, I think his minutes are only going to go up from. Oops, sorry, you cut out. Oh, I, I, yeah. I was just saying Caruso's minutes are only, I think, going to go up and that's mm-hmm. going to cut out more time in the backcourt. And so, you know, again, tying it back to your point about the next seven games are going to show us a lot. I think these guys, Caruso, LeBron, AD, are going to be playing a lot of minutes, heavy minutes in these big game, important games. And we're going to start to get a sense of like where guys fall into like more of our playoff style rotation. Um, and once we see that, I think it'll become clear that like, OK, where could we possibly even put Dion waiters in? to where he can come in and make an impact in like a five to eight minute burst. I, I, I personally think it's going to be very hard to mm. do that for a guy who's, you know, a ball handling, like I'm going to try to get my own shot right. type of guy. Um, and it, it's weird because like, I think that's on like superficially our most glaring need, right. but I just feel like J.R. Smith, you can throw into a game where he hasn't played the last three games and you're just throwing him in for like a six minute burst because everybody's cold or like something got wonky with the rotations. And he could just come in and hit three threes for you in that time mm-hmm. <laughs> and like turn a game. And like, it yep. doesn't matter. You know, he's hot and cold. Like that's, that means nothing for him. Um, so I think when I, I think it's going to be important to see, like, do we even have a spot in like our play? We play like 10, 11 guys during the regular yeah. season. And in the playoffs, which is crazy because we were not supposed to be like the depth team, but 
in the playoffs, that is going to get cut to like eight or nine guys, you know, for mm-hmm. or at least for most teams, that's how they do. I'm not saying that's how we'll do it. But when you start thinking about it that way, it's like, okay, who do I feel with to just come in with like no, you know, uh, no exposure to the court and, you know, body not warm and, and, and come in for a few minutes and produce. And to me, that's J.R. Smith. Yeah, I mean, I actually agree. I, I give the front office the benefit of the doubt. So cop-out answer, it's almost like 55, 45 JR for me. I would understand if they went Dion Waiter's way because I've seen the clips of him being physical and aggressive on defense, using his body. Um, he's become a better spot-up shooter in recent years and has a little bit more playmaking, creation ability than, than J.R. Smith has. I understand all of those things. but And also... At least this year, he's actually played basketball. You know what I mean? So that's a kind of a pro in Dion's uh, court. But he's only played like four games. Right? right, right. So it's not that big of a gap. I, I tend to side with you with regards to JR just because he is he does give you more length. He's like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, Dion Waiters is another 6'4", six, 6'5", six, guy who like fits in with like five other guards that we already have, like you mentioned. And if need be, you know, like I said, if Kuzma's being stupid, you can play JR at the three and also play alongside yeah, KCP. Yeah, so I like that added factor of it. And then obviously he has, a, he has a rapport with LeBron James. LeBron James knows him, trusts him, knows his tendencies. And Deion Waiters has only played one playoff, um, has only been in the playoffs once, actually, in his entire career. J.R. Smith has been there, I think, at least seven, eight times. I mean, I remember him on the Denver Nuggets raining threes on us when right. it was Kobe, Trevor Ariza, Bynum, etc. So I think just for those reasons alone, and also just because I like the like wild card dynamic of Dion Waiters, I guess. And obviously he's younger and has that has, I guess, more upside. But you're not really mining for upside from like a twelfth man, like you mentioned. Right. You just you just right. want a guy that you can throw in there. And I think it sounds weird to say, but J.R. Smith is just going to be more dependable come playoff time. Even though you may like be you know uncovering a diamond in the rough in Dion Waiters once you put him out in the playoffs. But there's also the risk that this guy just absolutely wets the bed and he becomes unplayable. I mean, I guess it's not that big of a risk because you're taking him on as a 13th guy, but I think if you're looking for break glass in case of emergency type guy, that sounds more to me like J.R. Smith and also fits the age range of more of our veteran guys like Markeith Morris, Dwight Howard, LeBron James, just just dudes who have been there and, and at the very least have the intangibles and won't be shaken, right? I think from a mental aspect, you want a guy who's, not, who's, who's seen everything. Dion Waiters has seen everything because he's been chewing on gummies, but not from like a, you know, like a playoff perspective. He's only been there once. So I think in that in that sense, I, I tend to agree and side with you with regards to slightly leaning towards J.R. Smith. But if they go the Dion Waiters route, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, be opposed to that either. I just think that they vetted them both pretty equally and decided that there is some upside here with Dion. So. Yeah, I, I would definitely wouldn't be opposed. I would assume that they have much better information than us. I mean, they, they made the Dwight Howard signing, which has been one of the biggest key signings of our entire season. Um, but, I, you know, it almost feels like their behavior with this whole situation kind of suggests where they're leaning. I mean, De- Deion Waiters is the type of guy where if you want to add him and you want him to actually use that skill set that you're looking for, which is, you know, more creating, playmaking, get my own shot. You would think then it would be a no-brainer, right? I mean, like, JR doesn't do that. Not only does JR not do that, but if you want to add Dion for that purpose, you better add him now because there's only, like, 20-something games left, right? So, like, mm-hmm. 
you need to like get him some reps. I mean, he's barely played this year. Um, and he obviously has not played at all with this team. So like you need to get him some reps if you actually want him to be a guy who's going to have the ball in his hands. Um, the f- whole way they're approaching this with like, oh, we'll see w- what we need and we'll address. I, I get it. And there's a multiple reasons why they're doing it. But I also think that's just going to be more reason when they ultimately are ready to make the decision of why it's better to just get Jr. because you know what he can do, right? Like, Mm-hmm. You run him off a screen or have him stand in the corner or whatever, you know, he knows simple, uh, you know, off ball screen plays. You could just he's played with LeBron. He'll know where to stand and catch the ball and fire up a three like that doesn't require as much getting as many as many reps True. as um, a guy like waiters where it's like, oh, we he needs to be out there like running the pick and roll and like playing with these guys and like getting himself into a groove because we he's not as established as jr where you know with jr you can kind of just rely that you know count on the fact that he's been in the league for like 16 years and can just go in and make a three right it might be another like mini Kyle Kuzma scenario where you're, where you're like oh do we need to give this guy like five possessions first to get him you know going right um right. but i agree with you and uh yeah i think that's pretty much it lastly obviously we've been talking about this seven game stretch and I hate to place so much importance on it, but, and this isn't even coming from like a fan perspective, but I think from the team's mental perspective, they need to, I think, at least go five and two. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I think I told you this, but I think they need to hone all of their energy and focus for this next seven games. And if they want to rest and lose the rest of their games after that, by all means, go ahead and do that and start doing the load management thing. But this is our closest thing we're going to get to the playoffs and seeing how ready we are for the playoffs. And I think if we obviously stay healthy throughout all of it and don't overhype yourself, but I just hope they really focus in on these games and really put their best effort out there and win Okay, maybe four and three, you know, at least four and three so that they can feel good about themselves mentally. Do you agree? No, I agree. At least four and three. I mean, five and two would be a great outcome in this stretch. And I think would really make us all feel and then certainly the team feel like they can compete with these with the best teams. I mean, to be clear, I was like, we've already beaten Houston twice. I'm pretty sure. Right. And yeah. then I think the one game that we lost to them was kind of nonsense. Um, so like we've shown we can beat them. I think we beat the Nets already. Um uh, we haven't beaten the Bucks. We haven't beaten the Clippers. Uh, we have beaten the Jazz, I think, both times we've played them. But the Jazz are playing a lot better now than they were playing when mm-hmm. we previously played them. But, yeah, I mean, I think your point is well taken. And I, part of me thinks that they are approaching it that way. It's obviously impossible to know. But the random Golden State game where LeBron, you know, suddenly right. got hurt and had – and I mean, he was load managing. And then, like, the New Orleans game where AD was load managing, it sort of felt like – they they they're all marked this game on their calendar. You know, it's like let's play the Philly game because we have three nights off after that, or sorry, <laughs> two nights off after that, um, and then yeah. we'll we're getting ready for the show. You know, so I, I I would be pretty surprised if they played the load management um, game during this stretch because I think they are going to use it as a litmus test, and we're not like the defending champs and we're probably not even the favorites to, well, I don't know about Vegas, but you know, by NBA expert uh, opinion, the favorites to win the championship. So I think we need this as a, as a litmus test to see where we stand. Yep. Agree with you. And you will be at the game tomorrow, right? So that should be fun. Yes, sir. I will be high at the intensity. Game. 
fun high-intensity playoff basketball against Giannis. Uh, with that said, that'll do it for our show. Thank you guys for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us five stars on iTunes. And with that said, Tommy, I will bid you adieu. I don't think I've ever Later. said that before, but uh, yeah, yeah, I was like, I, <laughs> and then you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we'll catch you guys later. Peace. Peace. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.